Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. We gotta let it breathe just for a moment. Gotta bring in the Facebook peeps. Get the tribe all under one tent here. It'll just take a moment and we'll dive right in. And we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, the Chiefs for the third consecutive year are in the AFC championship game. But this time around, there's now some doubt, of course, as to whether or not Patrick Mahomes is going to be there, be able to make it out of concussion protocol in time to play the big game. What was your reaction to Browns Chiefs? And, of course, any other thoughts you had over the AFC uh, divisional round playoffs this weekend? What a wild game that was. And let me just say again, injuries suck, you know, for the million times. Seems like 2020 is extending into 2021. Chad, we were just kind of going back and forth about it. And I can make a whole Kelberman's Corner segment about Andy Reid's choice of coaching in that moment. You have a half a billion dollar quarterback, a franchise quarterback, reigning MVP of the Super Bowl. He's injured. He's gimpy. It's third and one. You run him on an option, not a sneak, but you run him on the outside and you expose him to injury and look what happens there. You draft a running back in the first round and you have your injured half a billion dollar quarterback running an option. That To me, it's, it's, a, it's a rare, bizarre, really bad play call by Andy Reid. And he made up for it later in the game with Chad Henney, but I don't know about that, getting Mahomes injured, Chad. That was definitely on Reid. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's football sometimes – you know, the you-know-what hits the fan, but it's going to be really interesting to see if Mahomes is unable to make it out of protocol in time. And he was pretty, you know, he was pretty woozy. He could barely get to his feet without help from his, his teammates when he actually was trying to get up. So it was definitely man-down type situation, and Chad Henney came in. And, you know, just watching, it's like when Matt Moore came in last year when against the Broncos and then that stretch. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're like, Matt Moore – 
He's like the most average backup NFL backup. Same with Henny. But what you realize when they step into the game is just how blessed Pat Mahomes really is. Yes, Pat Mahomes is a phenomenal quarterback right now, the best quarterback in the game. But, Zach, he is blessed with an ungodly supporting cast. I mean, the speed on that offense, just the talent that that team has at the skill positions, it just jumps off the screen or jumps off the field even more when you see the backup come in that's not wearing number 15. It's also a testament to coaching that the the Chiefs can win a playoff game with Chad Henney at quarterback. That was a one-possession game against a tough Browns defense, and Chad Henney pulled it off there because of Andy Reid. It also goes to show that maybe the Broncos should invest in a better veteran backup quarterback because you never know what could happen when your franchise guy or whoever's your starter goes down. Yeah, I hope Mahomes returns for the AFC title game because I want to see you know Buffalo versus Kansas City at full strength. I love to see that matchup, but it was just surprising – seeing Reed be so risky there when usually he's so spot on. And I think the best play caller in the NFL risking Mahomes like that was eye-opening to me. Guys, we have a lot to get to tonight, including, of course, the topic of tonight's show, which is what Woody Page has been reporting, both in his written articles, columns, and a couple of uh, tweets that he's put out the last couple of days as it relates to the Broncos quarterback situation, as it relates to one Drew Locke, I see that we've got a lot of great comments already stacked up, several super chats. We're going to get to every one of you tonight. Trust, you know we're going to get there. First, though, we do have to say thank you and say hello to our presenting sponsor of tonight's show, Manscaped. All right, Manscaped back in the saddle with Mile High Huddle and the Huddle Up podcast. Look, 2020 sucked. It's in the books. It's now a new year, and that means it's time for you to have a new focus on be in Manscaped, which is, of course, manscaped.com, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they've helped more than 2 million men all over the world get rid of the, you know, trim things up, let's just say. And, Zach, you know, sometimes maybe in 2020, dudes let themselves go a little bit with quarantine and all that, but Manscaped is here to help you reboot, help you stay clean, help you stay shaved in 2021, Zach. Yeah, I mean, quarantine or not, Chad, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. No one wants to see hair coming out of your nose, hair coming out of your ears, hair coming out of, you know, unmentionable parts of your body. And regardless, you know, Manscaped makes it so easy with their products. It has a great grip. I'm holding the the weed whacker right now for your nose. I've mentioned this a lot before. I get a lot of use out of this. I use it fairly often. You know, it's it's not taboo to talk about being a guy. We have to do uh, male grooming, Chad, and it comes in handy. It uh, holds a charge for days, uh, days and days on end. It's easy. It gets in there. You turn it on like that. Gets in there, gets the hair out, and uh, it always works for me. So I think uh, any guy out there looking to trim up a little bit and feel a little better about themselves, it's a big confidence boost when you get rid of that hair and kind of clean up a little bit. So Manscaped's definitely the way to go for that. No doubt about it. And they have a lot of different products to help you stay on your game, help you elevate your game when it comes to manscaping. But the rock star, the star of the show is the Lawnmower 3.0. It's got the light, helps illuminate some of the spots that are a little bit hard to see for, for most dudes. And it's just state of the art, top notch, quality engineered product, the Lawnmower 3.0. So listen up, gang. Right now, 2021, it's a fresh, it's a fresh year. It should be a fresh you. Go to manscaped.com right now, use the code HUDDLE, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping with code HUDDLE. Your family jewels will thank you, Zach. Yes, once again, Broncos country, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping, guys, at manscaped.com. Remember to use the code HUDDLE, your family jewels, as Chad said. We'll thank you. 
All right, John, I know we saw that super chat um, that was talking about the topic here. This will be a good, nice little jumping off point. Josh Alstrom, good to see you, my friend, longtime listener, bona fide superstar. Good to see you, brother. He says, John Elway is already interfering, I see. The moment I saw, quote, resignation but promotion, close quote, I knew he was still in charge. He still outranks the GM. You know, it's interesting, Zach, because indeed the Broncos have been careful to use some of the talking points have been George Payton answers to John Elway. Uh, Vic Fangio answers to John Elway. You know, the hierarchy is pretty clearly established. And then we hear kind of, you know, um, mixed messages because then we hear that, you know, he's going to be hands off, that he's probably, you know, he moved his office officially, his GM office that he's held for the, <clears throat> excuse me, the last 10 years that overlooks the, the field for training camp and the practice field. He moved out of there, moved into one of Pat Boland's old conference rooms and gave that, you know, premium spot to George Payton because it is the, there's a reason why for the Broncos, that's the, the GM office, but Zach mixed messages. And I want to touch on this thing real quick that this topic that Woody page has been reporting on the last couple of days, he had a few, like I said, he had a few columns and articles and I would suggest that you guys uh, go read those, but something today that he tweeted that caught my attention right here is quote, this is, this is Woody page of the Colorado Springs Gazette. He's covered the Denver Broncos in one uh, form or another for decades, all right? Here's what he page. Quote, George Payton knew all about Drew Locke coming out of college. I can tell you, frankly, he hasn't studied him since or after he took the Broncos' job. He will be studying tape when he gets here full-time, but Vic and John are pushing for Drew to get another year with a backup veteran free agent, close quote. So, Zach, what's your what's your initial reaction to that? I mean, well, first of all, everyone knew he was already the president of football ops, Chad. That title didn't go anywhere. So regardless of whether, you know, he brought a new GM and he still maintained that title and, and don't focus too much on titles because he really is giving the baby over uh, to George Payton. He gets to run the operation now, but it makes, I wouldn't look at it as meddling or him interfering or, you know, uh, cutting him out at the knees, George Payton. It makes sense that he would get advice and maybe some influence from Elway, considering Elway brought these players and these coaches in. He has some more than just service knowledge, but he has intimate knowledge of everyone in the building. And for at least the transition period, going from Elway to Payton as GM, it would make sense to use him as a sounding board and just for, you know, scouting purposes. And that includes, and starting with, Drew Locke at quarterback. Obviously, he had Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. He was focused on him. Who cares about Drew Locke in Denver? Now that he got here, I've been saying this for a while now. I said it on the day he was hired. It's his baby, George Payton now. But I guarantee you in the interview process, Vic Fangio and Elway and Ellis maybe made it clear to George Payton, we would like, we would prefer, but it's not mandatory, we would like if Locke remained under center for 21, if he got one more year. But George, it's up to you. You know, my take on this first and foremost is, what's up, Muhammad? Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you, my brother. In fact, I know we have a uh, a super sticker, right? That's what these call it, a super sticker from MHH's in-house male model. Good to see you, my brother. Appreciate your support, and it was great to see you today uh, during Kelberman's Corner. We're going to talk a little bit about that here in a few minutes. But, you know, the, look, John Elway, I think it's very true that he's basically going to be hands-off. And I think for the next little while, you're rarely going to see him at Dove Valley. I mean, not that people really see John anyway, but he's not going to be 
at at uh, Dove Valley at the UC Health Training Center, keeping an open office, doing his thing. I think he's going to disengage, go, you know, spend time with his seventh grandchild. He's got uh, vacation homes in, in California. He's got a vacation home in Idaho. He'll spend some time away. This is George Payton's baby. And of course, he'll make himself available to anything Payton needs with regard to the transition and kind of taking over the reins. But I think what this really shows more than anything is that during that interview process, when they were talking to interview wise, five different candidates, which let's just rewind, included New England's Dave Ziegler, Chicago's Champ Kelly, New Orleans, Terry Fontenot, in-house guy, Brian Stark, and of course, Peyton. I think one of the, maybe not necessarily uh, a a non-negotiable, but one of the strong um, qualifiers for Elway, for Vic, for everyone doing the interviews, all right, conducting these interviews was the individual take each guy had on Drew Locke. Is he salvageable? And I say that, not you know, it sounds like when I say salvageable, like he's been some kind of bum. I know there's some fans that really view him that way, like like Derek here. Uh, bless you, my friend. I, I understand where you're at, I guess. I mean, I understand what you're saying is probably a better way to put it. He says, I want to see Drew Locke gone. I don't think he was, uh, you know, the dregs of the NFL, like some of his stats, depending on which ones you want to cherry pick, would lead you to believe. But nevertheless, Zach, if – Elway, if Fangio made that one of the qualifiers, which I think they kind of did, my guess is that George Payton was the one that was the most amenable to the idea of giving Drew Locke another swing at the at, at the plate. You know, doesn't mean you don't tweak it at quarterback, go find a more proven, more reliable veteran backup to push Locke a little, also serve as the mentor. But this is really the last hurrah, the 2021, even without Elway as GM, it's really the last hurrah of the Elway vision because Vic Fangio's back. It's the it's it's his last chance to really prove that he can he can keep this job. And I think Drew Locke fits right into that picture. And some fans might not want to hear that, but it's probably the truth. A lot of fans don't want to hear that. And I think George Payton is okay with the status quo for now. And the status quo means retaining Locke under center with a better backup, retaining the offensive coaching staff and Pat Shermer and Mike Shula. He also knows if things go south in 21, he can fire everyone and rebuild and get his guys in the building, draft his quarterback or sign his quarterback, hire his head coach. So it it makes sense not to start to rebuild when you're saddled with guys that it's not going to change. You're not going to fire Fangio at this point. You're probably not going to fire Pat Shermer at this point. It makes sense to keep most things in place knowing you have a mulligan. If He's not going to get any heat at all if things go bad this year, George Payton. He's on complete... Uh, scholarship for 2021. Next year is on him. That's when the real George Payton era starts. This is a continuation and also the end of the Elway era. That's why I believe, and this is why we've been saying, don't expect a Deshaun Watson trade. He's not going to come in here knowing all of that and and knowing how he wants to build a team and make a huge franchise-altering blockbuster move and giving up so much capital and money to Deshaun Watson It might be disappointing. It's definitely not sexy. It's not going to draw a lot of headlines, but look for a lot of the status quo to remain for next season. Lots more to get to, guys. Real quick, we also got to tip our cap to another sponsor of tonight's show. Everyone knows, everyone loves sportsbetting.com. And if you're not sure what sportsbetting.com is, allow us to clue you in. Right now, gambling, legal in the state of Colorado. If you want to make watching the NFL playoffs or the NBA a little bit more interesting, sportsbetting.com is your no-brainer destination because you get sharp odds and low juice. You get hassle-free bonuses, which you can roll over after one time. And you get 24-7 live customer support. It's always a real human being in the United States. But the kicker and the reason you want to use sportsbetting.com is this. 
right now after you make your first deposit. Sportsbetting.com will double your deposit up to $300. It's $300 in free bet credit. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle, sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle, and capitalize on up to $300 in free bet credits and start 2021 off on the right foot. All right, a couple quick things. We'll dive right back in. Huddle Up Pod, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, the main account at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, as you can see on the screen here, at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad N. Jensen. And then, of course, our producer, you want to connect with Buana Beast, John K on Twitter. It's at John K M H H. Also, shout out, gentle reminder to check out the merch store. Get yourself a hat, get yourself a Huddle Up Podcast uh, hat, t shirt. There's hoodies, there's face masks, there's mugs. Little something for everybody. Another way to support what we're doing here. And Zach, again, we got to we got to remind everybody: if you have not become a, an official supporter on Facebook of Mile High Huddle, even if most of your time spent enjoying these podcasts, participating in the conversation, is done on YouTube, you want to head on over to Facebook, uh, our page, Facebook.com/slash Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter. Click the big blue button because you get access to not only Kelberman's Corner, which is every Sunday. It's Zach. And it's Kim Becker every Sunday at noon, hot takes that hold water, a little bit different uh, vibe, a little bit different uh, flavor than what we do here on the long form podcast. You got to become a supporter. Plus, we're just getting started. We're going to be creating new shows and different content for our Facebook supporter community for the subscribers over there. It doesn't mean we're not going to be doing more with with YouTube because we got a lot of big plans for YouTube as well. But if you want to be if you want to have the mile high huddle umbrella totally over you have access to everything you also get get over to facebook.com and become a supporter on the page but zach great show today loved it it was a fun conversation and we got to tip our cap to everyone that's that jumped in there and all of our new subscribers that have uh funneled over from the different you know whether it's twitter or periscope i guess or 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 youtube it was great thank you and you know not to give anything away because everyone should check it out but it was about uh, a lightning rod topic in Broncos country which is Deshaun Watson and however you feel about it I give my opinion and again like Chad said it's a hot take that holds water it's not just something baseless I'm saying it's what I believe in and I think it's rooted in logic and facts for Denver so if that's important to you please check that out consider becoming a VIP we appreciate you and I'll see you Sunday gotta be there gang and we're just getting started there so a couple last things. Subscribe, first and foremost. These three things. If you can't support the uh, merch store, it's all good. If you can't become a subscriber or a superstar on Super Chat, it's all good. If You can do these three things, though, each and every one of you. Subscribe, first and foremost. Like this video, guys. It helps us so much on YouTube and Facebook if you just like the video while you're watching it. And then the third thing is the litmus test. If we're doing a good job, share it out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, John, I know you said that there was, uh, oh, here we go, Boggins. Good to see you, my brother, one of our longtime listeners, longtime superstar. Just appreciate everything Boggins does. He does a lot for us. He's, you know, he's made an intro for Huddle Up. He made an intro for Mile High Insiders. He helps me kind of police the Mile High Huddle super fan Facebook group. And he just, we appreciate you, my friend. He says here, George Payton needs to pull a, I'm the captain now and analyze this team with complete unbiased opinions and shake up the snow globe a bit. So a little bit of this and see how the snow falls. How much could you shake it up, though, without emasculating Vic Fangio or maybe, you know, stepping on Elway's toes with the understanding he's still going to be around the building in his role for 2021? And, you know, this is his roster and his players in place. I don't know how much he can do. I mean, he can go to Vic Fangio and be like, you know, maybe Tom McMahon shouldn't have a job right now. Maybe you should reconsider keeping him. But at this point, most of the staff has to remain. They're going into the, the draft scouting season now. They're going into the free agent scouting season now. George Payton's not even in the building yet full time. He has to get to know everyone. He has to meet with the players, the coaches. He can't shake it up too much. And that's why I'm saying they're going to make some moves. He's going to be aggressive, but not reckless, but look for a lot or a fair amount of the status quo from last year to remain for next season. Hey, John, just FYI, the stream, the chat just did a a pretty healthy jump on me. And I'll tell you where I'm at as far as the stream is Callie Dave, which by the way, Callie Dave, I'm just going to grab this real quick since he's right there. He's on my mind. Congratulations, <clears throat> excuse me, on your retirement and uh, your relocation to North Carolina. Yes. We appreciate you. Hope everything's going well, and uh, and and we hope you have great plans for what you and and the misses are going to do in retirement. But congrats on a job well done. Hope you got a nice gold watch or something as you retired <laughs> there. But you know, if not, we'll give you the the you know the the digital gold watch here on the show. Appreciate you, Dave. He says now a Broncos fan in North Carolina. Denver Broncos for life. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, we'll give you a mile high salute, though. And uh, God bless you, Dave. Enjoy your retirement, and thank you for your support. A virtual gold uh, gold watch to to Callie, Dave. Um, <clears throat> what's up, George? By the way, a little birdie told me that it might be George's. Well, it was George's birthday a couple days ago. So happy belated to you, my friend. Yes. Hope, you, hope you had a great birthday and a great birthday weekend. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Hope you like turning 21, George. Thank you. So, John, let me just tell you, though, there's another one from Josh, BNS, Kyle, and Kenneth that uh, are out of my reach. So I don't know if you have um, any of those, but they are currently out of my reach. If I need to go back in, John's on it. Buona Beast is always on it. Josh, it's all good, my friend. Thank you for the super chat again. And he says, I'm sorry, but I'm pissed at Elway already strong arming the new GM. Well, keep in mind, too, a little bit here, Josh, and this goes for everybody that, you know, these are these are um, these are takes, you know, I'm sure. And I know Woody Page has has very well placed sources at Dove Valley. He when he says something, typically it's because he has a reason to say it's an educated take. Let's just put it that way. It's not someone just standing up there and and just spitting to spit. But it's also so early in the process. I mean, George Payton hasn't even been GM for a week yet, right? He's officially, what's today, day four of officially being the GM. He'll have his his hello presser probably tomorrow. If not tomorrow, it'll be Tuesday. And, you know, he'll get the ball started. Meanwhile, John Elway going to continue to kind of ebb into the background. And a lot can change between now and not only free agency, but the draft and Zach, one of those things is, and I know you touched on it today in depth on uh, Kelberman's Corner, but it went from Deshaun Watson, that whole situation being, yeah, right. Like the Texans would ever in their right mind trade away Deshaun Watson to suddenly looking very feasible. And here's here's why I say that, all right? Really quick, this is, uh, I mean, is there a more plugged-in insider than this guy, Adam Schefter? No, all right? Adam Schefter, quote, Sources believe Deshaun Watson may have played his last snap with the Houston Texans. And I mean, it's look, it's it's hard to wrap your brain around. But long story short, he wasn't happy with the fact that he was promised he would have a hand in hiring the new GM, you know, at least having a voice in that process and the head coach. And they went and hired Nick Casario, made him a now probably the highest paid GM in the game and did not consult him, he's pissed. And after all the depredations of the last couple of years, Zach, he really wants out. Now, the reports say that he has yet to officially request a trade, but it really feels like this is where it's building, what it's building toward. I like how uh, Shefty is getting into the headline selling business, Chad. It's a, re- it's a really punctual headline there. In terms of Deshaun Watson, the, uh, another factor here is Cal McNair, the new ownership, and anyone who followed Bob McNair and his ownership uh a tenure there. He's made some questionable comments and he's had some questionable stances on certain things politically and otherwise that didn't jive with the players in the locker room. And he's seen every other superstar player get shipped out. It's clowny DeAndre Hopkins and more than likely he'll be next in JJ Watt. Right now, it's still speculation. I mean, a lot can still change. And I think they're interviewing the enemy as a way to placate Deshaun Watson. Might be too little too late. 
But I read that the Dolphins and the Jets are the two front runners for his prospective services if a trade should arise. It wouldn't surprise me. And here, here's one thing that's interesting. One source told ESPN Sarah Barshop that the Texans have had internal conversations about possible trade partners and what their quarterback position would look like in the future without Watson. And, Zach, that kind of ties into um, the Periscope comment, John, that you flashed there a second ago. One thing to remember, George Payton, he has said it now. Well, he said it once. All right. He talked about the sleeping giant. He talked about being aggressive but not reckless. Sounds like, uh, for lack of a better term, GM speak, right? You go, oh, that's exciting, but, you know, what? I like the sleeping giant thing. That was a nice touch. But then he said, I want to say, Zach, that it was Friday, if I'm not mistaken, on uh, on the Denver Broncos team site, that they're gonna he, he's going to be a part of every deal. Now, that doesn't mean the Broncos are trying to close every free agent or every little bird that tells them there's a, tra- a guy on the trade block. That doesn't mean the Broncos are literally trying to get everybody. What it means, though, is like right now with these this buzz going around, he's going to be a part of it. He's going to at least check on it. He's going to see the lay of the land. He would be remiss not to do that, right? He would be remiss to not at least know what the lay of the land is, but it's going to be a very prohibitive um, prospect trying to land Deshaun Watson. I mean, you want to talk about selling the farm. You're not just selling the farm, dude. I mean, you're selling you're selling everything. And is he that big of a linchpin? Is he that big of a that's all we need and we're there? I have my doubts. I think he's a great young quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but you put Deshaun Watson on this this team and you don't have a first or second round pick for probably for sure the next two years, maybe three. Is that a, a roster that can win it all? I have my serious doubts on that, and we've talked about it many times on the show. My answer is no, I don't think so. Which is why ultimately Peyton, on top of some of the other things which we've already discussed tonight, I think pumps the brakes. You know, uh, it's just it's it's so funny that he mentioned being aggressive uh, but not reckless and acquiring Deshaun Watson. It's going to take a minimum of two first round picks. So it's not just selling the farm; it's selling the land the farm is on. It's selling the farm equipment. It's selling the farmers themselves. It's giving up almost a Ricky Williams esque Saints deal a package like that for Deshaun Watson. And I said this on Kelberman's Corner, quick little teaser, name one time, guys, in franchise history, a, a top five quarterback in his prime was traded to another team. Not signed like Peyton Manning. Everyone brings that up. It's never happened for a reason. And he also said, Chad, George Payton, and not just we've known him about this, but he also said he believes in building from within. He believes in using the draft to build a team. And what do you use to build a team with draft picks? So why would he come in and give away his most valuable assets? And I guarantee you, because Elway was the same way. He believed in, in stockpiling capital and, and, and draft picks were gold to him. I wonder if he gravitated toward Peyton because he shared the same mindset. It's just, like I mentioned uh, to Kim, if you want to acquire Deshaun Watson in the Broncos uniform, play Madden 21. In real life 2021, it's not going down. I can see Miami doing it. And I mentioned a perfect suitor for him, a, a team that's a quarterback away from winning a title or the Niners. You put Deshaun Watson with Kyle Shanahan, that's a, a Super Bowl contender immediately. That's a team that can make a play for him, and they have an, a general manager in place in John Lynch who's aggressive, and he has the necessary capital and money to take him on. BNS jumping in. Appreciate you, my fr- my brother. It's good to see you. He says, like Tannehill, I can't imagine giving up on Locke. Him ending up in Vegas and Chucky turning him into a playoff-caliber quarterback Thanks for my Broncos fix. Yeah, I mean, it's 
you know, it's a, it's a concern. It's, it's one of those things that depends on what you got in return, right? It depends on if what you got in exchange for that or, you know, ended up panning out, but there's one fly in the ointment, Zach. I think there's one argument that can be made in terms of a precedent for a team trading away a quarterback that let's just say maybe not top five, let's just say top 15 in the prime of his years. And that's Jay Cutler back in 2009. Jay Cutler was coming off of a Pro Bowl year. Yeah, the Broncos didn't have a lot of team success. You know, they finished right here, as you can see, eight and eight. All right. But in terms of attempts, he was number two. Let's take a look at yardage real quick. Cutler, third in the game, uh, touchdowns. Uh, he was seventh. So let's just say that year it was a top 10 quarterback. We can safely say that, but it didn't pan out for the Bears. The Bears literally gave up the farm. And unfortunately, Zach, the Broncos got a King's ransom. Josh McDaniels did for Jay Cutler, but they didn't really do much with it. I mean, I'm trying to remember which ones were actually the Bears picks, but here's here's how he parlayed Jay Cutler. Alfonso Smith, uh, Noshan Moreno, Robert Ayers. I'm missing another one here. But Noshan, he ended up being a solid player for the team, did not garner a second contract, had a thousand yard season. You know, he was a he was a big part, I would say, of that 2013 Peyton Manning all-time offense, but it was very short term. It was a flash in the pan. And meanwhile, didn't play out too well for Jay Cutler in Chicago either. He went from being a legit on the rise star. I mean, Jay Cutler in, in 2009, he really was viewed similarly in the way that we're talking about Deshaun Watson. Now, like when the first news came out that, that Jay Cutler could demand a trade, it was unbelievable. Like it was inexplicable. Fans were like, there is no way Jay Cutler gets traded. Like, this guy could be the next John Elway. He's a first-round pick three years removed. I mean, the gun on this guy, but it happened. And so it's a it's a cautionary tale for both sides. And that's why I think for the Denver Broncos, you're better off just keeping your picks, seeing what you got in lock one last year, going out. And if you can improve the quarterback position, like if if you really think there's a quarterback in this in this class that is an immediate upgrade over Drew Locke today, and you think you're in striking distance at pick nine, hey, Go get your guy if that's what you really think. I just don't think that's the way the wind's blowing. I, I don't think the way the wind is blowing uh, for George Payton either. I think he prefers to have his nucleus in place and have the draft picks necessary to add to the team and build it into a consistent contender. And I, I mentioned this on Kelberman's Corner, Chad, but how many titles has Deshaun Watson won? He's had a, a playoff caliber team around him consistently. I know the offensive line is an issue there, but he's had you know great receivers, good running backs. He's had a lot of of, of a helpful supporting cast, coaching you know, brought him back a little bit, but what would he bring to the Broncos in terms of giving up the assets that it would take to acquire him? You couldn't draft a cornerback in the first round or an inside linebacker. You probably can't re-sign Justin Simmons. You can't re-sign Shelby Harris. Von Miller might be part of that deal. You're stripping away a majority of the team to acquire one guy. And that one guy, especially with Pat Shermer as his coordinator of all people, wouldn't be enough to take you over to the promised land because he didn't do it in Houston and the way it would be to acquire him and give up all of those picks and all that money, it wouldn't happen in Denver either. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site. 
out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Kyle Heckman in the house. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate the super chat. Very generous. Really means a lot to us, my friend. He says, I understand not wanting to pay that much for Watson, but the AFC has Patrick Mahomes, Watson, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mm -hmm. soon to be probably Trevor Lawrence, uh, and Allen. Josh Allen, do you really see us drafting a comparable QB or lock progressing? All of those guys were drafted by their teams and developed. That is how you win and build a top five or top ten quarterback in the NFL. You don't win by acquiring a veteran or a Band-Aid or someone sloppy seconds or giving up the form for Deshaun Watson who may or may not be available. I saw a comment that Brian said Brett Favre was traded for a first-rounder. I said a top-five quarterback in its prime, not when Favre was traded in the twilight of his career. It doesn't go down for a reason. It would take too much. And Houston, if they're even entertaining uh, trading Deshaun Watson, that's a problem in itself. But it, it just it, it's realistically, logically, and I think a lot of fans are looking at this emotionally because they've been vying for a quarterback and they've been walking the desert, as you say, Chad, that Deshaun Watson, a pro bowler, a top five guy becomes available and we all want to pounce. You have to look at things logically and think down the road three, five, ten years, not just going all in for one year for a new GM. Elway being out of the picture next year, no owner, an outgoing CEO in Joe Ellis. You don't make those moves with all those different moving parts up in the air. You make those moves if you're the Niners or the Dolphins with most things in place and the coaching staff to uh, supplement that. Bob wrote about this today, Bob Morris at MahaHuddle.com. Go read the article. But, you know, there's there's kind of a – there's one golden rule typically that's that's pretty absolute when it comes to a a franchise that is truly rebuilding and it starts with a new GM and a new coaching staff. And then typically that GM and coaching duo, they go out and they get their quarterback and officially begin the rebuild in Denver's case. It's kind of a bastardized version of that. The Broncos already started their rebuild that started in 2018. All right. 2018 draft, 2019 draft, 2020 draft. Unfortunately, a lot of different outlying factors we could you know, waste our time basically going into as far as 2020, but it didn't pan out. But I don't think – I honestly believe George Payton looks at this roster, and when he says, sleeping giant, I believe it. A lot of the stuff I mentioned earlier about being aggressive, not reckless, to me that's just GM speak. 
but the, the one thing I believe him that he said, I think this is a roster that is a sleeping giant. And Zach, your point is 100% on the money. No one trades a top five quarterback. It's kind of like the, the saying of there's no such thing as a franchise, a free agent franchise quarterback. And that, but there's always the exception that proves the rule. Peyton Manning was that exception back in, you know, 2012. You could maybe say Jay Cutler is another one of those exceptions. And maybe eventually Deshaun Watson will be become another exception, but who knows? Maybe they'll end up salvaging this thing with, with Watson and he'll stay in Houston because God forbid, if you're the Houston Texans and you're having to not only start over with Nick Casario and whoever, you know, the new head coach, but also in the wake of having one year removed from dealing away uh, DeAndre Hopkins and then Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You've got a grip of picks, right? You'll have a grip of, of draft picks to, to rebuild and Kings ransom there, but it's just a, it's it's pretty frightening. It's fair to wonder though if Peyton makes that comment uh, about the sleeping giant. If if Locke if he doesn't believe in Locke as being a potential franchise quarterback, I mean, if you're a potential giant or a sleeping giant, it's because at least you have the nucleus of, of a foundation of a quarterback in place. And you know, if Locke isn't the guy, I see some of the comments. That's the counter argument here. It will Watson could take you to the playoffs, but can Locke? If he can, he can't, but you have to keep swinging until you find that guy. Drafting him, preferably, that's the way to go in the NFL. You find the right guy, and you have the right coaches to develop him and bring him along, and you have a quarterback for five, seven, ten years, not just going through the same cycle and merry-go-round over and over and over again. Kenneth Booker, appreciate you, brother. He says, Chad and Zach, who's the best Broncos defender ever? Is it Vaughn or Champ? Um you know, I'm not sure. Vaughn's up there, of course, and so is Champ, but I would throw in Randy Gratishar, and I know it didn't come, you know, with a, a world championship. There was the 1978 Orange Crush uh, defense that got to the Super Bowl and lost to the Cowboys, but I would honestly, as far as the best Broncos defenders ever, I mean, if you if you force me to boil it down between those two, I'm going to say Vaughn because of the Super Bowl, but honestly, when it comes to the top defenders, you can't you can't use that series of words, that phrase, without also mentioning Gratishar. I think you have to mention uh, Carl Mecklenburg, even though he wasn't this big twitched up, you know, phenom. The fact that he started games at every position on the, on the front seven, multiple all pros, multiple pro bowls. This is a guy that is maybe just below Randy Gratishar in terms of snub for the hall of fame, deserving of the hall of fame, you know, was on three different super bowl, defenses and yeah the Broncos got torched every time in those 80s Super Bowls the Broncos defense that Carl Mecklenburg was a part of but I would I would put Carl Mecklenburg up there as well and you know but I guess between those two I'm probably taking Vaughn but it's it's pretty close it's pretty close to me between Vaughn and Champ you can throw Simon Fletcher in there as well but I mean Vaughn Miller literally won you a Super Bowl he single-handedly pretty much won you a title so between those two guys Champ Bailey was an incredible cornerback and uh worthy of every bit of praise he receives but Vaughn was just a a literal difference maker who uh was a very deserving MVP Chad of SB50 and also Champ I mean I love Champ don't get me wrong but he wasn't exactly a homegrown Bronco right he spent the first what was sure. it? Ninety nine, I think he came in, or was it no ninety nine? He he came to Denver four or five years later, right from the from Washington. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with probably Vaughn on those two options, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Randy Gratishar up there as well. Mike Evans, good to see you, my brother. He's gonna be on the show, by the way. Is Mike on Wednesday? We're gonna start trying to uh, bring a few superstars onto the show again now that we're in the off season and things have kind of slowed down a little bit. So 
We look forward to talking to you, Mike. He says, would you hold on to the ninth pick or trade back to get more picks? Well, that's a, that's an interesting question, Mike, and I guess we could tell you what we would do, but what do we know about George Payton? Rick Spielman, the Vikings GM who he worked for and with as a lieutenant, I mean, Spielman is his the godfather of his son, Bo. Spielman said, was it, it was Thursday or Friday? I don't remember which day it was that he graciously made himself available to, to Broncos media to talk about this, but he said his philosophy in the draft has always centered around stockpiling as many picks as he could. Now you got to be careful. You're not cutting off your own nose to, to spite your face in those situations. Like if you have a true blue chip guy sitting there at pick nine and you, and the phone rings and you've got an opportunity to move back to whatever, 26 and, you know, stockpile an extra second round or whatever it might be. Yeah. That extra pick's nice. And you're still going to draft in the first round, but what did you give up to do that? Did you just pass on the next JJ Watt? So it's very it's a very nuanced and um, honestly it's a dangerous prospect. But I think you're going to see George Payton be very open and amenable to to making trades this time around. Though I think the Broncos hold pat, and I I would stay at nine and just make the pick. And then the rest of the draft, Zach. Hey, my ears are open. I'll listen to every call that that comes in. Yeah, and to a previous uh, point that you made, uh, any GM worth his salt is always involved in every deal, always picking up the phone to see what it would take in just in a very tentative scenario. But I don't believe in trading for the sake of trading. I, I believe if you're in the top 10, especially staying put because you're almost guaranteed to, la- to land a blue chipper at a position of need. So at number nine overall, the Broncos, essentially knowing what we know right now, considering the run on quarterbacks, are guaranteed to land a Micah Parsons or a Caleb Farley or a Stratan, and that's a good position to be in. It all depends, though, as always. We get this question a lot heading into draft season. It all depends on how the board looks at maybe when it's number six or number seven on the clock, what players are available if a quarterback is falling. Zach Wilson's there, and the Broncos don't want him. They might move back to stockpile picks from a, from a desperate quarterback-needy team, but we don't know that going in. My inclination and my preference is to stay put at nine. And then, like you said, Chad, if you want to move back in the second, third round, by all means. Donald Netanyahu on YouTube jumping in to say, if you listen to what Peyton has said about his philosophy, he indicated that player progression is at the top of his list. Our coaching staff better get right real soon. Yeah, I mean, he talked about it. He, he emphasized a few things. And again, he we, we here's what we have to go on. We have his statement that came Wednesday on the heels of him being hired. And then his Broncos TV sit down with Phil Milani. That's really all we've got so far on, on uh, George Payton. But one of the things he talked about is his core philosophy of you build a championship roster through the draft, but it doesn't just end there. You don't just make the pick and walk away. You got to draft and develop, which is obviously the next key crucial component to that whole you know, equation. Yeah, the coaching staff knows, uh, as we've been saying, it's probably going to be playoffs or bust for them next year. Vic Fangio on down, if they don't make the playoffs or at the very minimum go 9-7, and seven, uh, Peyton's going to fire mostly everyone and bring in his own coaching staff. So, yes, the coaching staff, if everything is kept in place, which it looks like it will be, they know that they are on the extreme hot seat in 2021. Our friend Oscar, JL Avenger, good to see you, my friend, down there in uh, in Costa Rica. Really appreciate that super chat. He says, hi, guys. I sent a message before the Super Chat. Uh, thanks again. A mile high salute from Costa Rica. Uh, let me see if I can find that while I'm 
Zach, real quick, why don't you grab Jason and I'll see if I can find Oscar's previous question in the chat. Yeah, real quick, what's the score of the game? Let us know, guys. Like, what's going on with the? Because uh, that's interesting. It was uh, very close last time I looked. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. How much time left? Minute left in the third quarter, and Ooh. the Saints have the ball. I, I read in the comments that Breeze is looking a little old, so it's pretty interesting. Anyway, Jason hopping in here with 499. Thank you so much, Jason. He says, hey, Chad and Zach, now that Peyton is the GM, do you think we will see a pipeline of roster transactions from Minnesota to Denver? Uh, great question, Jason. I actually have an article coming out about this very soon. There are a handful of uh, impending free agents that Minnesota is putting out there that the Broncos could be interested in. No one really huge, no uh, – I don't know, game-breaking starters, I think, available or pro bowlers, but I think a couple guys like Amir Abdullah, the running back, Jaleel Johnson, defensive tackle, Eric Wilson, outside linebacker, and Anthony Harris, just to mention four names, the safety there. So there could be some players that he likes there. We also have to mention, Chad, real quick, not to open a can of worms, uh, Mitch Trubisky. He's going to be a free agent. He's a veteran quarterback. Obviously, Peyton faced him twice a year in Minnesota and Chicago. That's one guy to keep an eye on that's a little outside the Vikings realm. Yeah, and you know, you look at you look at ex Vikings, maybe players that uh, have been in in Peyton's orbit in years past, and and uh, that are hitting free agency or maybe available via trade as possibilities too. I look forward to reading that article from Zach. Hopefully, uh, maybe probably tomorrow's. I I would guess yeah. something like that. Uh, Leroy, good to see you, my friend, on Facebook. He says, in my opinion, sounds like to me Peyton signing a six year deal. This is telling me that Elway and Ellis are gone after this season. So question is, why haven't Elway and Ellis signed new contracts? Because well, they're gone. <laughs> I think, Zach, honestly, I think the reason why, in, in Elway's case, I think just the lack of success combined with getting old, um, you know, being wealthy, seventh grandchild being born, I think the virus that he caught in the middle of the football season Took a lot of a lot of the uh, air out of his wings, so to speak. And as far as Ellis is concerned, I think he's anticipating a true transfer of ownership. I think he's he's anticipating that Brittany Bowen's going to get it. I think that's his plan. Like not just his plan. Like this is what I want to happen. Like I think that's what he is expecting. He is supremely confident in the Pat Bowen Trust, their case in court that you know being sued by Beth Bowen Wallace and Amy Clemmer, the two oldest daughters of Pat Bowen from a previous marriage, he's confident. And so I think in that confidence, and this is a guy that as a CEO and a business guy, you know, he, he tends to have a, even, even in the age of the pandemic, he has a pretty good feel for once this thing does get before a judge and you get to court timeline wise, all right, how long it's going to take to resolve. He, he has probably a pretty good beat on that. He's thinking this thing's over by next year. He probably wants to step down too. He's tired of it. I mean, He's up there mid 60s. He's about the same age as John, actually, as John Elway. So, you know, it's all a factor, but ownership is the biggest reason why. And I think for Elway, again, Zach, the lack of success, getting older, you know, losing some energy, et cetera. Could be, could be my tinfoil hat that's, you know, wound a little too tight right now. But maybe that Ellis and Elway know that ownership will be resolved sooner than later and Brittany is the front runner and they, they don't want to work with her. They know maybe she'll oust them, you know, she'll replace them. They want to get out of the uh, the picture now. Speculation on my part, but I feel like if Elway, if his contract ran out after 2020, he'd be retired right now. The only reason the Broncos did him a big favor, instead of a Rolex, a gold Rolex, Chad, they let him keep his contract for one more season, collect that whatever he's six, seven mil, whatever he's making. And then, you know, 
right off in the sunset next year. So, yeah, they, it seems like they're gone because they are gone. This is a true new era in Broncos country. And the six-year deal is also another indication this is not Elway being a puppet master for Peyton. This is Peyton being the puppet master for the entire team. This is his baby now on his show. Orange Crush on uh, Twitter wants to know, hey, any word on who's going to fill the Matt Russell role, the director of player personnel? Um, I haven't read any updates on that, heard anything either behind the scenes. Last I heard is that don't sleep on it potentially being still possibly a Champ Kelly. And I know that uh, the Broncos, the, the, the rumor is, the buzz is, they're looking to make that a diverse hire. They're looking to bring in someone um, that is black, that represents, you know, 75% of the roster is black, and they want someone in their front office that uh, that represents the product on the field. And so don't sleep on Champ Kelly. There's a few other options out there, but I'd be okay with that. I didn't I was I had my doubts about Champ Kelly as the GM, but I think he'd be a really good right hand man for George Payton. But that's a position Payton himself is gonna fill. So it'll be interesting right. to see if his vision for that kind of jives with what we heard from from Joe Ellis, you know, a week ago. Is it fair to say, though, that if the Broncos wanted to hire Champ Kelly, considering they interviewed him multiple times, he'd be hired by now? I think they have maybe other coals in the fire they're working on right now and trying to see if they can land that guy. I can't recall his name. I saw a report. It might have been Mike Kliss that mentioned uh, someone in the Vikings front office. uh, George Payton has his eye on importing from Minnesota. So I believe the first instinct here is to get someone he's familiar with as his right-hand man, as his Matt Russell could be Sham Kelly, but I'm starting to think, Chad, the longer that goes on, the longer he's not hired. You know, no news is bad news for Kelly. Yeah. By the way, Oscar, I tried to go up as far as I could in the chat. I couldn't see a message, that, the message you referenced. So uh, holler and we'll, John will keep an eye out in the chat. So uh, our friend Chris, a.k.a. Blue Raw, jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, well, we better get Micah Parsons, Jeremiah. I'm just going to say J-O-K, Joseph Asai, mostly Parsons, to be honest, if we're, if we're sticking with luck. Yeah, I mean, it's he's talking about off-ball linebackers, and uh, I know JOK. He's kind of a hybrid. You know, he he's a guy that some draft Knicks peg as a inside linebacker. Some kind of peg him more as a as a box safety, like a Jeremy Chin. We'll see, but I, I'm going to be a OK at pick nine, whether if it's Parsons, Farley, maybe Sertan. We'll see how the board falls, but it needs to be one of those big time. I mean, that the cornerback is the biggest hole. But that doesn't mean you necessarily reach. If it's the right guy there, you take him. But I think anyone, if you get a Micah Parsons falling to you at pick nine, that's that's just not a gift horse you look in the mouth. Right. Yeah, can we call him Joke, though? I'm going to petition and call him that. It's just a little easier, a little less wordy. So I, I think Awusu, I, I, he's a little better in coverage. And I haven't, like Chad, you know, we really haven't jumped headfirst into draft coverage just yet or, or scouting these prospects. But right now, very tentatively on January 17th, if they're at number nine and you have your pick of anyone between Caleb Farley, Micah Parsons, even Zavin Collins if he rises up the draft boards. But uh, you need an inside linebacker. You need a cornerback. And this is the ideal scenario, Chad, where best player available kind of intersects with uh, drafting for need. BNS in the house. Good to see you, brother. Uh, he says at the again, thank you. He says at the very least, we can get JOK at nine. We need defense. You know, I'm gonna need to do a little bit more uh film study on on JOK because I know Nick Kendall likes him, but he has his doubts as as to whether or not he'd be a pick nine caliber guy. Like if you're if you trade back, like we talked about yeah. earlier, if 
you know, the phone rings and you have a chance to move back to low twenties, something like that. It's a, it would be a pick that would probably make a little bit more sense there, but we'll see. He's, he's a really interesting player. Definitely. Um, definitely a guy that could help this defense. No doubt about it. And that's a guy who's probably going to test well at the combine or whatever constitutes the combine this year in the pre-draft process. He could rise up the draft boards, but right now that's a little too rich for my blood using the number nine overall pick. They want to move back. If Parsons off the board, they're dead set on a linebacker. I'm fine with it. But if, if Farley's there, it's going to be a lot to convince me to take, you know, JOK over him. All right. We are sitting here at about uh, 50 minutes. We have quite a few patiently waiting superstars to uh, find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. To grab here before we dip out. So let's uh, let's try and rapid fire these, Zach, so that we can get to everybody um, tonight here. And starting with Fat Cats, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, with all the noise in the media about Vaughn, does this change our draft need more to rush linebacker edge on the chance he doesn't come back in your opinions? Yeah, we haven't really touched on that as far as, you know, our overall, you know, view on the Von Miller situation as a as a publication, Mile High Huddle, is we're not in the business and we're not going to get into the business of speculating on whatever this criminal investigation is. We don't know. Uh, The only thing we know on that side of things is that he is being investigated on a criminal level by Parker PD. Parker PD uh, confirmed that to Nine News, to Mike Kliss. So, Setting that aside and just recognizing that he's under criminal investigation, Zach, at a very inopportune time, right, with a new GM coming in, already questions surrounding, even if there hadn't have been a GM change, questions about will the Broncos stick with his $17.5 million base salary. It's a team option. Yes, it's he's not a free agent. He's under contract, but the Broncos have the option to either pick up that last year or not. And so it's very um, – very tenuous situation that Von Miller suddenly finds himself in, at least with regard to the Broncos. Now, you know, if the Broncos ended up moving on from him, it's probably not going to be much skin off his teeth in terms of, you know, football, because someone out there, we talked about this, Zach, I want to say at some point last week, we touched on this. There are going to be teams out there lining up to pay Von Miller, even coming off an injury 
uh, an injured season like this, depending on how the medicals check out, you know, for teams. So he'll land on his feet one way or another, but I think it does move edge up a little bit in terms of priority, but you still have Bradley Chubb coming off a pro bowl year. You have Malik Reed, who Vic Fangio said is just getting started. Like he's just scratching the surface actually led the team in sacks, by the way, Malik Reed did not Bradley Chubb. And then, you know, it's kind of falls off a cliff from there. You could, you could bring back Jeremiah Atatu. He was kind of meh to me this year in terms of what he, what he brought to the table. So it's a need. You do need to add some edge depth. But the question is, are you looking to spend a premium round pick? Definitely to me, not a first round pick. Even if Vaughn ends up getting the, getting the boot, I don't want to spend a first round pick there. I'd look more in rounds two and three to see what might be available. Yeah, first of all, I don't want to speculate on the ongoing investigation. That's a personal matter for Von Miller. And let me just advise everyone before jumping to conclusions and informing opinions, let the facts emerge from this case. Um, I, I, I tend to think he'll be okay, but uh, that's as far as I'm going to go on that. In terms of him with the Broncos, they're going to have to make a decision, Chad, you know, relatively soon by the first day of the new league year, which is March 9th. So they got to decide whether to pick up that option then or decline it and, and maybe look to move on. I, I think he does come back. I'm still holding true to that, maybe on a restructure. But if he doesn't come back for whatever reason, traded, released, what have you, Edge, like you said, it becomes it goes up the totem pole. I wouldn't use a first-round pick, but it becomes a top-three draft need. I'm still taking a cornerback because you don't have anyone there either. And a Vic Fangio scheme, you need cornerbacks to succeed or at least to play elite ball. Um, that's, that's, you know, I, with or without Vaughn, I'm waiting on edge for the second round at the minimum. Let's grab Michael Clark here. And then John, just for what it's worth, I see a good one here on Facebook from, from a longtime listener, Eddie Keating. We'll grab that one and then rapid fire through what else we have here. But Michael, thank you for the super chat. Um, of course this is, uh, we know the name threw me off for a second here. Change the profile pick, change the name. We're talking about the Broncos wizard in the house right now. Mundungus, good to see you, bro. Uh, He says, I don't have an issue with Locke staying put as the starter, right? But I do have a problem if the Broncos have a chance at a better quarterback like a Stafford or a a salty veteran, and they pass it up because they have Locke. So it just depends, I think, Mike, on what your version of um, a chance means. Like if it's Matthew Stafford, and they make him available on trade, and they say, yeah, we'll, we'll give him up for two first-round picks. You have a chance at that, but is that really a viable option for you as a franchise to give up two draft picks for a quarterback who was drafted in 2009? You know, these are things that are going to be balanced. God, I'm not trading two first-rounders for Matt Stafford. And it's so funny. Mondugas, I appreciate the sentiment, and I appreciate the question, but, you know, I know you're not a big lock guy, but two of the biggest knocks on Locker, he's turnover-prone and injury-prone and inconsistent, but those are the same knocks on Matt Stafford as well. Everyone points to his his game-started streak. I'm not talking about that. He is nicked up consistently throughout every single season. He's always picking up injuries, and even when he's healthy, he, he really never was that elite-level quarterback to me. And again, though, you're committing, and this is always the deterring factor to me, you're committing not only the draft capital and picking up his mega contract, Chad, but you're bringing him into Denver, and he's still going to have Pat Shermer. So is, is that the hill you want to die on by making a big move for a quarterback to pair him with Pat Shermer? And rather, rather than just maintain the status quo, keep your picks, keep your money, and go into 2021 with the, uh, with the incumbents under center. All right, let's grab this one from Ed Keating. He was uh, a longtime superstar, very active on Facebook in our, our Facebook community now. 
Good to see you, Ed. Um, he says, if this team makes a playoffs next year, not not the Super Bowl, just the playoffs, uh, with Locke and Vic, what do you think Peyton would do? Do you think he would stay with Locke and Vic or go out and build the team his way? No, if the Broncos make the playoffs next year under those circumstances, you don't change a thing. You don't change it. You, you Vic keeps his job. In fact, that's probably the only way Vic keeps his job is a playoff berth. And for Drew, you're stoked. I mean, you're geeked out of your mind that a quarterback you drafted, and I'm not saying Peyton, but as a team, a quarterback you drafted and developed led you to a playoff berth. Man, you're you're just you're you're singing to high heaven. That's the that's an ideal situation. That's a nice little launching pad, Zach, into 2022. I'll take it a step further. If uh, the Broncos go to the playoffs, they're probably giving Vic Fangio an extension because he wouldn't be a lame duck going into the next season or at least, you know, on tenuous ground. So, yeah, it, like you said, if they make the playoffs or at the very, very least, they go 9-7 and seven and have a winning record. If they show the franchise is trending upward and can look like that consistently – that's the biggest thing to Peyton. He doesn't want to have one good season, one bad season. He doesn't want Jason Garrett, you know, in Denver. He doesn't want that roller coaster. He wants consistent winning playoff football with the Broncos. He is going to get back to the Pat Bowen standard that's been abandoned the last five seasons. John, next, just FYI, out of my reach are the following. Geo, uh, the Belichick podcast, BNS, and then I've got John Houston in my stream here. So, uh, let's start here with Isaac. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate that super chat. By the way, a reminder to all of our superstars here on Super Chat, make sure you connect with us on Twitter. We like being able to keep the conversation going there with you and shouting you out after the show. But Isaac says, what's up, Chad and Zach? Probably not a question you guys want to answer, but which veteran quarterback would you guys like us to bring in? Um, you know, for me, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an Andy Dalton type. It's a Ryan Fitzpatrick type. It's a guy that, is a true fail safe. You know, like if, if Locke ends up not turning the corner, sucks it up or gets hurt, it's a guy who can come in and competently quarterback the offense and actually give you a chance to win games, which Jeff Driscoll did not do. Like it was a little bit of a flash in the pan, that Pittsburgh game. You were surprised at how competitive the Broncos were and had a chance to actually win the game at the end. But then, you know, the rubber band effect snapped right back into reality the next week. Tom Brady wiped the floor with the Broncos and the rest is history. The Broncos need a true competent veteran. Those are the two guys right now jumping out that, that I would like. I don't want a Matt Ryan. I don't want a Matt Stafford because you got to, again, similar to the Watson thing, just add a decade. You're giving up the farm to get either of those guys. Well, as the resident Stan, let me just throw out there Dak Prescott. I, I can dream. I can dream. I have hopes and dreams as well. I mean, it, it would be great if he had the open market. It'd be great to get Dak Prescott in Denver. But among the the veteran types, I don't want Trubisky. I, I just think he's way too inconsistent, and he doesn't offer franchise upside. I I don't want Fitzpatrick. He's a little too injury uh, injury prone, not turnover prone. I wouldn't mind Andy Dalton. Considering what I saw in Dallas this year and what I saw in Cincinnati uh, during his tenure there, he never really got enough credit. He was always a really consistent, above-average quarterback. And that, again, we've been saying this for a while now. It might not be the preference, but it's all you really need. When the Broncos are a healthy team and a well-coached team with the defense they have, an above-average, consistent quarterback with the pieces around him, that's a playoff team. By the way, Tom Brady just took the lead back. Bucks are up 23-20 with just under 10 minutes to go. Gio, good to see you, my brother. Talk about a superstar, foundational MHH, Mount Rushmore guy. Appreciate you, my brother. He says, I agree with Zach that there won't be too many changes in coaching, but Peyton definitely needs to make his presence noted and fire 
Tom McMahon. I don't understand how McMahon still has a job. I, I still literally cannot wrap my mind around that. Uh, but Peyton can't come in and be the new GM and be the new guy on the playground and demand that you know, Vic Fangio upend his coaching staff. That's Fangio's decision, and he decided to stick with McMahon, and that could lead to his downfall, Chad, next season. Bobby, in the house. Good to see you, my wow. friend. Really appreciate you jumping you. in there and, and showing us some love. She was also there, of course, for Kelberman's Corner today on Facebook. Appreciate you so much. And all the guys that are starting, I mean, gosh, I totally underestimated just how slow and backed up the United States Postal Service was because I, we I, we ended up shipping out all the stuff Bobby made up for the different pod hosts uh, December 28th, something like that. Guys are Some guys still haven't gotten their stuff, and it was all shipped the same day. So, Anyway, love you, Poppy. Appreciate it. She says, lucky to catch you guys live listening on my break. Thank you. Well, we appreciate you popping in for a second. Yes, Bobby, thank you so much. We, we appreciate you uh, more than we can express to you. Thank you. All right, we've got uh, Belichick's podcast is all I'll say on this. <laughs> got a little naughty word in it. So uh, Belichick's podcast <laughs> says, what do you all think of Zach Wilson? Right now he's my QB2 and better than Locke. What do you think it would take to trade up for him? Zach, I know you like Zach Wilson. I do. I like him too, but let me let me put it to you this way, and, we'll, and then we'll get to the question of what would it take. Is he better today, day one, than Drew Locke is now year three? You can't compare college and NFL quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen Locke's NFL, you know, in, in, in practical, in, in practice, Chad. We've seen what Locke can do in the NFL. We haven't seen Zach Wilson obviously take one snap in the NFL. So it's pointless to compare college and NFL quarterbacks. It's all subjective. I think Zach Wilson is the second best quarterback in this class. And I'll say it again. I don't think the, the, the gap is too uh, wide between Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. I do think Wilson, when it's all said and done, will go number two overall to the Jets. They are stupid, Chad. Even with the new coach and Robert Salah, if they stick with Sam Darnold and don't take Zach Wilson there, I think he's going to be a great pro. He's going to have a great mm-hmm. career. A lot of Baker Mayfield I see in him. But in terms of him compared to Drew Locke, you, you can't do it. But I, I will say to this podcast, you have a new subscriber based on that name alone. <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'm telling you right now, I like Wilson. I don't like him number two overall. I don't like him. I mean, if, if it's my team holding that pick, I like him. I don't love him that much. And I love him more than Fields and Lance. I do too. I do too. But the one thing that makes me nervous about Wilson is kind of the one-year wonder. I mean, he's played um, – you know, he's been at BYU for, for three years. But in terms of the the, the tent pole, you know, the, the one uh, – I'll just say it again, being a one-year wonder in terms of production so good that the that it elevates the profile, elevates the draft stock. It makes me uncomfortable. So, I mean, Joe Burrow, in my opinion, we've talked a lot this this podcast about exceptions that prove the rule. Joe Burrow, to me, is one of those guys that proves the rule. I mean, time will tell. We'll see what his NFL career ultimately looks like. But, you know, even Baker Mayfield had two really good years at Oklahoma before he ended up being the number one overall pick. So I do, I think if you're the Broncos trying to get from nine to to two to guarantee him, for example, I mean, honestly, Zach, I'll be stunned if it's Justin Fields doesn't go number two or isn't the second quarterback off the board. It's probably a better. Wow. Way to say. I really do. I, I'll be surprised if it doesn't we happen. And, debate know, that. Things could change between now and, and, and the actual draft senior bowl, um, you know, the combine stuff like that. But I don't think it would cost as much to move up to to, to land Wilson as, as you might think. All right, we're running long here, so let's grab John. 
are the thank you for the super chat, John. He says, are the rumors true the lock is quarterback one starting 2021? I don't know why people think he will we will give a first round pick for Matthew Stafford, maybe a second. Yeah, I don't know about the 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 second part of your question there, John, but yeah, I mean, you've got Woody Page, a longtime insider, saying it's going to be Drew Locke in 2021 and that John Elway and Vic Fangio were pushing for that. Yeah, with probably a better veteran uh, quarterback behind him, maybe like an Andy Dalton, maybe like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. But again, guys, if you're holding out for that big blockbuster trade for Deshaun Watson or Matt Stafford, don't hold your breath. Fishing with Cindy and Don jumping in. Thank you. It's been a minute since we've seen y'all and we appreciate you. They say Drew can be one of the best quarterbacks on any given Sunday, but the wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs need to help him. If they don't run scramble drills during every practice, they are failing both Locke and the receivers. That's a good point that you bring up about the scramble drills because that is one thing that the Broncos offense were terrible at last year. And you've heard me say it on this podcast many times that, you know, unlike Patrick Mahomes, when today, today, you know, that was that was a bad result, but when he breaks the pocket, Mahomes, you're you're just waiting for a huge play to happen. That's where the most of the big plays come from in that Chiefs offense. Drew Locke, last year anyway, when he broke the pocket, man, I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. Something <laughs> bad gonna happen. And I think you're right on that, that they didn't emphasize scramble drill well enough because I can't think of multiple times, and a lot of times too, Zach, the, the television broadcast would do a good job illustrating this. The wide receivers are supposed to be trained to do to come back to the ball and do certain things on scramble drill. And it's almost like they they were lost. They were up in the clouds when when Locke would break the pocket. So maybe that does need to be a much stronger point of emphasis for Pat Shermer and Mike Shula in 2021. There it is. I was going to say, say who they are, Chad, you know, by name. And I think that's one of the areas where the coaching failed Locke and the Broncos. And it's it's on Locke as well. It's on the receivers as well. That's a, a, a elementary backyard football thing to come back to your quarterback and be adept at scrambling. But it just seemed like in, in situational coaching and game planning and stuff like that, management, the Broncos fell way short last year. And they did their young quarterback very few favors. Base Gase in the house. Good to see you, my friend. He says, uh, Brian Dable possibly going to the Chargers. More bad news for us. Our rivals are getting stronger. Vaughn possibly gone next season and another year of uncertainty at quarterback. Yeah, it kind of feels that way, right? Everyone else is getting bigger and stronger in the Broncos. It's unclear quite yet. Have they gotten better? We think so. I mean, Zach, when when George Payton was hired Wednesday, you said, look, this is this is the brightest moment in, in since you've covered the team in 2016. And wow. I'm with you there. I I think uh, I think uh, the Denver Broncos are on the right track, <clears throat> but there are going to be some growing pains. It's going to take some time to fully flush out whatever Peyton's ultimate vision is. And you know he's got to get the quarterback thing right. If Elway and Vickers telling him it needs to be Drew, and he ultimately acquiesces and says, "All right, we'll give him this chance." Hopefully, he doesn't end up ruining that decision. But you know what? If he does, it simply means Vic Fangio. Goodbye. He'll be gone in 2022. Exactly. And Peyton can start over, including at quarterback. Exactly. It, it it best serves George Peyton to keep everything in place, and that's what I think Elway and Ellis and Vic Fangio want anyway. But real quick, uh, Devin White just picked off Drew Brees. This is why we are pushing for a dynamic inside linebacker. It's past time the Broncos get that guy in the middle of whoever is the outside linebackers. I want him, Chad. I, Micah Parsons, I've seen these players in the Devin Bushes and the Devin Whites and all these players in the NFL, all these young linebackers. I want that guy in Denver. That's exactly why. 
All right, a couple more, and then we got to get out of here from Kenneth Booker again. Thank you, my friend. He goes, why does Sertan, the, this Alabama cornerback, Patrick Sertan the second, seem to be favored over Virginia Tech's Caleb Farley? We're talking about corners here. Uh, I, I don't know what you're reading there, but what I have heard is that there are some teams that have some pretty serious misgivings about the opt-out players. So the studs that had, you know, first, second-round caliber buzz going into 2020's college football season, like uh, Farley, like even Micah Parsons, who chose to opt out, that's actually costing them or could end up costing them a lot more in terms of draft pedigree or uh, draft stock, I should say, uh, than they might have originally realized. But at the end of the day, I mean, look, we talked about the other day, Joey Bosa didn't seem to hurt him too much. Um, I'm not sure on that, Kenneth, where you're hearing that, but I still like Farley over that. Sertan, not quite, in my opinion, the athlete Farley is. It's Sertan has the higher uh, floor, whereas Farley has the higher ceiling. And and you mentioned uh, one reason he played at Alabama, so he has name recognition. And also, look who his father was. That's also going into you know the favoring and why he's more of a of a household name. But for the Broncos defense, Farley just fits a Vic Fangio system a lot better. And if he's there, you know, you make a great case for him to be the ninth overall pick. You know what, though? Name me, off the top of your head, name me an Alabama corner who's actually done well in the league. Trevon Diggs. Who? Last year. Trevon Diggs for the Cowboys. Well, we, we can pull it up. Was he that good? I mean, he led the team in picks. All right, so there's one. We'll see. We'll see if he can sustain. Uh, he looked pretty good. I mean, I'm thinking of Dre Kirkpatrick as well, off, just off the top of my head here. And Kareem Jackson was once an Alabama mm-hmm. uh, corner that went in the first round back in 2010. Didn't convert to safety till well deep into his career. I'm talking seven, eight years into his career. Makes me a little bit nervous, but we'll see. Another bust was D. Milner back in the day for the Jets. I'll never forget that player. It was a first-round cornerback who was just so bad. So that's uh, pull up some PTSD there, Chad. Uh, here's Mundungus from a different account. Appreciate you, bro. He goes, <clears throat> I was logged into the wrong account. My bad. I like this profile pick better anyways. Hey man, I like the other one that has the guitar though. You know, the the music that the inner musician comes out there in in your profile pic. Yeah, appreciate you, Mike. Thank you. All right, let me see real quick here, John. I'm going to grab Gerald. In fact, Zach, if you wouldn't mind getting started, grab Gerald, and I'm going to yep. see where we're at on the backside. Yeah, Gerald dropping in five dollar donation. Thank you so much, Gerald. He asked, "Do you think that they push for a new GM to stick with Locke due to Elway's failure to find a good quarterback to Sean Watson?" I do think that is is right now the the very early uh, mindset in Dove Valley is to stick with Locke, stick with Shermer, obviously stick with Vic Fangio, and keep most of the 2020 components in place for the next season. And like Chad mentioned multiple times now, if it doesn't work out, it's no skin off George Payton's nose. He gets rid of everyone and brings in his own coaching staff, his own quarterback. You know, we can debate on this until the, you know, for hours and hours and hours, Chad, but I just don't think Deshaun Watson is coming to Denver. I, I just don't think it's at all realistic for Broncos fans to, to expect. Yeah. I mean, what a power move that would be though, but it'd also be very risky. Then again, if you're George Payton, you've got a six year term on that deal. You're feeling pretty comfortable and cozy and confident with where you're at in terms of job security, at least for the foreseeable. So, but I, I still agree with you. I'm, I'm just talking, that was just pure tinfoil. I really don't think, the Broncos are one of the players if indeed he ends up on the trading block. And I think it was Kim today, uh, Kim Becker in during Kelberman's corner mentioned, you know, the Broncos aren't as far as Vegas. I mean, Vegas, they know what's up, right? The betters, sportsbetting.com, the odds makers, they know what's up. The Broncos are not considered even in the top seven as, as likely uh, destination Oscar. 
Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super chat. Oscar and one more, and then we got to go, guys. He says, this will be a big year for Vic. If he has another lame duck year, I would pound the table for Eric Bieniemy or Joe Brady. Go Broncos. Yeah, still mystified, honestly. I mean, I have I, – I can assume what the reason is, but still just stunned. Eric Bieniemy did not land a head coaching job this cycle. Well, he might. He might go to the Texans still. I mean, that's up in the air. And especially if the Chiefs lose next week, he'll be available. But, yeah, he should be a head coach, certainly. And Joe Brady, he was a finalist for the Atlanta job that went to Arthur Smith. And real quick, they paired Arthur Smith, the Tennessee former Tennessee Titans coordinator, with Terry Fontenot, our old friend there. And now he's the Atlanta GM. That is a great pairing there. I love what Atlanta's doing. Uh, but absolutely, if Fangio's gone after next season, the next coach of the Broncos has to be an offensive mind and preferably a young offensive mind like Joe Brady. All right, we got Corey, and then one more super popped in late from Chris P. Thank you, Corey, for the for the super chat. He says, uh, assume issues with Vaughn. So and let's just assume for the sake of his super that they move on from Vaughn. Do you trade down and grab a Joseph Asai? No, I don't. I, uh, I still go with an off-ball guy or a cornerback because I have Bradley Chubb and I have Malik Reed. That doesn't mean I ignore Edge. It's just it's not at the top of my docket. Right. I mean, you proved that, at, you know, you have Bradley Chubb, he was a pro bowler, and you prove that you can at least win games or get by with Malik Reed, the linebacker. So, no, I'm not uh, using a first-round pick, regardless of Vaughn's status. John just corrected me on something. This has changed. Sportsbetting.com, for what it's worth, has the Broncos as fifth most likely players to land Deshaun Watson. Who's number one? Who is number one, John? Oh, he doesn't have it right in front of him. We can look at it another time, but... Chris P., thank you for the super chat. Appreciate you being with us. He says, uh, just wanted to show some support. Thanks for the content. Well, gosh, man, that that makes us feel great. That's a name we don't recognize on super chat. So welcome. Thank you. And tonight, Zach, another night full of super chats that were from newer names, people that we haven't noticed or seen before on super chat. So welcome to all of our new listeners as the the channel continues to grow on YouTube and the the, the podcast audience. We love all of you. Appreciate you, Chris, and everyone else. Make sure you connect with us on social media, and here's how you do it. We got to get out of here, gang. At Huddle Up Pod on Twitter. Also, the main account at Mile High Huddle. Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen. That's one of the ways we keep the conversation going outside of these pods. Plus, we want you over at MileHighHuddle.com commenting on every story. We want to hear your takes on all of the issues, all of the topics. And if we, you know, have a have a take of our own that you take exception to or you don't like, we want to hear it. So those are the two places. Keep the conversation going. But, guys, we got to get out of here. So have a great start to your week. We'll hopefully hear from George Payton either tomorrow or, or Tuesday. Zach, have a great week, my brother, and uh, sign us out. Yeah, uh, Chris, anyone uh, who, who's a new member or a first-time donator tonight, uh, please, if you have a question, drop it in either tonight or tomorrow. We'll be back on the air uh 6 p.m. Mountain Time tomorrow night, Chad. I'm looking forward to hopefully gleaning more about George Payton and at least knowing when he'll be introduced. I think it'll be Tuesday, but as things go forward, we'll have maybe more of an indication who might, he might be bringing in, how the wind is blowing in Dove Valley. So we'll see you guys then. Thanks for tuning in tonight. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 